0: Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This is our text. You may be seated. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. I bring greetings to you all from Mount Hope Lutheran Church and Trinity Lutheran Church up in Grayling and Gaylord, up in northern Michigan. After graduating from the seminary last year, my wife Jenny and I and our three children we were pretty excited to get a call back to the state of Michigan after we spent our vicarage year here in Frankenmuth two years ago. And it's an honor to be invited back here for this Foundation Sunday to be with you. And it's quite appropriate as we consider our foundations, that we consider our foundation of faith this Easter season. The importance of the resurrection of Jesus and just exactly what that means for us. And we heard in our Gospel reading that on the first Easter Sunday, in that evening, the disciples were feeling foundation-less, reeling from the things that took place the Friday before as their Lord and Savior was betrayed and captured and crucified. Did you notice how that reading began? On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, The doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Despite the reports that they had received from the women who had seen Jesus, that he was alive, the disciples were still hunkered down behind locked doors out of fear. They were afraid for their own lives. They were afraid that the Jewish leaders who had killed their Lord Jesus would be after them next. Before seeing Jesus for themselves, they felt as if they had nothing upon which to stand. And so they were isolated and afraid and silent. And then Jesus appears to them. And the first word out of his mouth was, peace. Peace be with you. And their fear immediately turned into gladness and joy as they were once again with their Lord, now raised from the dead, seeing for themselves the marks in his hands and in his side, proving that this was indeed him. Except one of the disciples wasn't with them, and we all know who that was. Thomas wasn't there and when the other disciples told him, "We have seen the Lord," infamously Thomas said, "Unless I see the hand in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe." We often call him doubting Thomas, but notice He didn't say, I doubt that you guys saw Jesus. He says, unless I see him for myself, I will never believe. Thomas was not only struggling with doubt, but with unbelief. He was having a crisis of faith. He had lost the foundation of his faith when Christ had died, and now he felt he had nothing upon which to stand, and he was in that moment unbelieving. Thomas? And we may ask, is it fair for us to single out Thomas? After all, shouldn't we have described the other disciples in this way? One verse before our gospel reading began, Mary Magdalene comes to them and says, I have seen the Lord. And the disciples responded by locking the doors and being afraid. They were not convinced until they had seen Jesus. Pierced hands, side, and all. And those ten disciples, then after seeing Jesus for themselves, they said to Thomas, we have seen the Lord. And Thomas responds just as they did at first, with unbelief. And I'm sure Thomas's heart desired nothing more than to see Jesus alive, but unless he saw him for himself in the flesh, he wasn't going to believe it. Thomas wouldn't regain his foundation of faith, or his faith at all, Unless the Lord came to him to give him proof. We live in a world that often demands proof for things before belief is given. It's a I'll believe it when I see it kind of world. Some would call this skepticism. Others would just say they're being realistic. There's an offer that seems too good to be true. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm sorry, the candidate promised what if he's elected? I'll believe it when I see it. You say you're sorry and that you're going to change your ways? Well, I'll believe it when I see it. In various ways, we all live in a world that is full of doubting or even unbelieving Thomases. But what about when it comes to matters of faith? This can begin to get a little uncomfortable for us Christians, whose foundation of faith is in Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. But even though we stand upon a rock-solid foundation, we live in a culture that has a hard time accepting such things. Our culture is increasingly skeptical about any kind of belief system that makes claims of absolute certainty. And they chalk it up to being rational and realistic. Realistic. You say that the world was created by God? I'll believe it if I could see it. You think any of those miracles in the Bible actually happened? I'll believe it when I see it. How how about God provides a miracle for my life right now? You think Jesus was God and that he was raised from the dead? I'll believe it when I see it. Where is he now? These things can weigh heavy on us Christians because although we are not of this unbelieving world, we are still living in it. And the devil would like nothing more than to have us begin to wonder if our foundation of faith isn't as firm as we thought it was. He has us wondering if there's just the smallest crack in it. And if there's just the smallest crack, well then who's to say that the whole thing just doesn't come tumbling down? Like I said, it can begin to get a little uncomfortable. And we may not like to admit it, or at least admit it out loud, but we may even be thinking to ourselves, I'd like to see the hands of Jesus with the nail marks and his pierced side as well. Eight days later, Jesus appeared to his disciples again. This time while Thomas was there. And just as he did when he saw the other ten, the first word Jesus said to them was, Peace, peace be with you. And he turned to Thomas and he said, Put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Scripture doesn't tell us, but I wonder what Thomas first felt when he saw the face of his Lord. Joy. Fear. Guilt. Shame. A mixture of all of those things probably. Thomas's foundation of faith had been shattered and lay in ruins. He had spoken out of sin and unbelief. But Jesus didn't come to him in anger or condemnation. Jesus graciously accommodated Thomas' request as he came to restore him. And to restore the foundation of his faith. And Thomas regained his faith as he responded to Jesus, my Lord and my God. That's why the resurrection of Jesus is so important. It's faith-creating. It shows that Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf for all our sins was acceptable to his Father in heaven. It shows us that Jesus has the power over death. And the amazing part is he desires to share that hope of life with each one of us. As his disciple Peter wrote in our epistle reading, According to God's great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance kept in heaven for you. And as Thomas found out, when the risen Lord comes to you in peace, he forgives all your sin and unbelief, he restores and strengthens your faith, and he gives you the hope of salvation for eternity. He lays for you a foundation unlike any other. But still we may wonder, does this apply to me? And how can I know? What about us Christians 2,000 years later who didn't get the chance to see our resurrected Lord? It appears Jesus was expecting this very response because he said to Thomas, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus was talking about and probably had on his mind every Christian who would come from that point on, every Christian who wouldn't see him but would still believe. And that includes you and me. You were on the Lord's mind as he was speaking those words, Blessed are you. And although Christ knew he was going to be ascending into heaven soon to take his place at God's right hand, he had already prepared his disciples for his departure. That's why he appeared to them, to restore their faith and their foundation. And he promised to them the Holy Spirit who would be their comfort and their help and their counsel as they would go on to proclaim to all nations the forgiveness of sins through this resin, Lord Jesus Christ. And upon that foundation, Jesus would build his church. The disciple John writes, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Christ planned for the testimony of these eyewitnesses to be passed on from generation to generation so that we would all come to know him through his word. And although you may not have seen Jesus yet with your own eyes, you have certainly met him. Because every time you read his word or hear it proclaimed to you, he comes to you to give you life in his name. When you were baptized, Jesus came to you claiming you as his own personally and lovingly as he did for three more children of God this morning. Every time you hear your pastor say, in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins, you hear the voice of Christ speaking to you, forgiving your sins. And every time you hold in holy communion the body and blood of your Lord Jesus Christ, He delivers to you the forgiveness of sins and strengthens your faith. The risen Lord still comes to you in many ways. And says to you, peace be with you. And the foundation of your faith is strong and sure. His disciple Peter, again from our epistle reading, describes this very reality that you now have. He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Have no doubt, brothers and sisters in Christ, that there will be a day filled with glory when you enter the Lord's courts and you see Jesus face to face. And he will look at you with compassion in his eyes and say to you, Peace be with you. And he'll show you the marks in his hands and place your hand upon his side and you'll know your crucified yet risen Lord provides for you in that moment the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. This foundation is yours. And that's what we celebrate this second Sunday of Easter, this Foundation Sunday. And a foundation as sure as the one we have in Jesus is not meant for us to be idle and to sit by as the things go by. This foundation is for the building up of Christ's kingdom. That's the charge that the disciples received as a once fearful group of doubting people turned into a faithful group of believing witnesses. Despite what that meant for their own personal safety, as we heard, they went out rejoicing no matter what came because they knew that their inheritance was secure in heaven. The foundation here at St. Lawrence is doing incredible work as part of God's kingdom for supporting the ministry of this building up of the kingdom upon our one true foundation, Jesus Christ. I stand here today as one who has personally benefited from this truly important work. And it's all of our task. it's every Christian's task after experiencing and meeting Jesus in our own lives. And with the certain hope that we will see him face to face one day soon to then help this unbelieving and doubting world to see him as well. They see him through us as we show others by word and deed, how beautiful it is to live with Jesus, how beautiful it is to know that we will live in all eternity with Him, our risen Lord, who is the foundation of our faith. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah! Christ is risen! And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.